0: Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on CagesidePress.com. I'm Daniel Gumby-Freeland, joined as always by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonte. The UFC is in Columbus, Ohio for a live crowd event, main event. By Curtis Blades versus Chris Dawkins this weekend. And we, of course, will be breaking down that event as part of our favorite segment, Fights, Dogs, and Parlays, where we also give you an underdog and a parlay to make your wallet fat. And we were clean sweeping across the board last week with three hot picks, a good underdog, and a parlay all in the green. Now... In addition to that, we're also bringing you guys some interviews. Kicking off the show today is an interview with Max Griffin, who talks about his training camp and where he stands in the division, as well as some possible call-outs in the future. And then we end the show with David Onama, who was supposed to fight on this event, but luckily talks to us about some really interesting stuff, including a famous NFL quarterback shouting out one of his previous knockouts. But before we get to any of that great content, I do need to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports bettor, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. It's like the YouTube for sports betting. Head on over to betterthan.vegas where you can browse, search, and follow handicappers and sports personalities as they give you their thoughts on every single different kind of sports contest in every every sport imaginable. In fact, if you head on over there this week, you can catch my bonus pick for UFC Columbus, which can only be seen on the Top Turtle MMA page at BetterThan.Vegas. Better Than Vegas brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now.
1: The hosts are ready. The fighters are ready.
0: Listeners, make some noise if you are ready. Top Turtle MMA with Shockwave and Gumby. Alright, joining me now is Max Griffin, who fights Neil Magny at UFC Columbus this upcoming Saturday. Max... Last time we spoke, you were talking about splitting time between MMA gold and alpha male, kind of mixing up your training in Sacramento. Is that still the kind of the training situation? Is that how this camp has been going as well? And if so, how's that working out?
2: Yeah, definitely going well. Same kind of thing. I'm at team alpha male, MMA gold and mayor Noble's kickboxing. Do my S and C at, at game fit. But, um, I've been putting the work in, you know, spreading it pretty evenly, you know, allowing me to get – really get all the juice from all the gyms, right? And then I'm trying different stuff out. Just um, camp, I've been at Alpha Male a little bit more for some of my looks, at least on the height. You know, Neil Manny a little bit taller. So, you know, on pro practices, I've been partnering up with some of the taller guys, Luke, um, Dom Waters. Taller guy, 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", just to see those arms and, and see that length.
0: Well, I, I like that. Now, I am curious a little bit about that training camp, though, because you said, you know, obviously you're mixing up a whole bunch of different places. What, what does it look like game planning-wise then? You know, obviously you're getting some of the bodies at alpha male, but is there a head coach putting together some sort of game plan, or is this a thing that you're kind of taking under your own own wing now?
2: Yeah, so I got uh, Dave my, we got him as a head coach. My sensei, I got Jim West, head coach as well. All my coaches are pretty pretty much head coaches, but they all combine. They all work the same thing. Um, Justin, you and Tuzu in doing my mid work. Jim's doing a lot of my cage kind of awareness MMA kind of game planning. Marino was having to do certain combos that are going to crush Magni and land on him. So we talk all the time, and – we're doing the same moves everywhere. So, the moves that I am trying, I use them at the guys in alpha male. So, I don't have a game plan when I'm an alpha male. I, or really learning that, I'm actually using the guys um, to implement my strategy on these taller bodies. I don't know what I'm about to do to them. <laughs> and uh, it's been great. It's been great. Everyone's, you know, in synchronicity, everyone is on the same page. We all see the same things. They all see the same things with tape and far as that and how this fight's going to go. And we're going to go execute.
0: Love to hear it. Now, you know, you've mentioned the name a couple of times. We're going to get into talking about that Neil Magny. But I want to ask you, first of all, you know, you're, you're on this great winning streak. You've won three in a row after kind of a tough start in the UFC. You started three and six obviously, like, we talked about the training camp changes, but were there other big changes? Are there other things that make you feel like you're on this amazing run now? Something click? What, what, what's what's brought you to the place you are now?
2: I mean, they were close. A lot of those fights, you know, robberies, some of them, I mean, they're all pretty much split decisions, except the Colby Covington fire every one of them. But they were close, man. Just um. I say I have a new training coach, which I or sorry, a mental coach, Danny Patterson. I've been with him for about a year, a little longer, a little longer. But he's been the star, the catalyst of my three-fight winning streak. You know, he told me to have fun in there. And he really did some things to um, really figure out what I need to do mentally to be the best martial artist in the world. And, you know, some guys got to act tough. Some guys got to, you know do different things. But for me, it's being authentic to myself and uh, really developing my core values and building on those and being the best. And I mean, dude, these last, I mean, all my fights have been good, but these last three fights taken off Ramiz's ear, uh, and then going for the knockout, Song and cold, and then to retire Carlos Condit, man, I've been uh, doing excellent work these days
0: absolutely so, and, you, and you mentioned that that carl's kind of fun. i want to ask you real quick about that too because you know that is a legend too a, a guy you get to put on your resume who is you know a certified legend of the sport well, what is it like having having that dotting your resume now
2: <laughs> it's a little different i mean at first i was excited then i heard that he he retired um
1: i kind of had mixed
2: feelings about that you know like it was my fault and you know, had some, not doubt, but not doubt, not grief, but, um, you know, I felt kind of bad about it, you know, but it is what it is. Such a good guy. I mean, the experience is, I mean, so memorable. I mean, to have to, to beat a former champion, the only guy to outstrike him uh, was GSP, mm-hmm. out of everyone he fought. So for me, you know, it's uh, I'm going in the right direction. Um, it was an honor to take that fight, and now I mean, I could I, I'm, I could beat everybody. So I'm looking forward to, you know, March 26th, Neil Magny taking taking him out, taking out another veteran, and I'm gonna take him out.
0: Absolutely, and, and let's talk about the fact that you're getting Neil Magny too, because that win over Carlos Condit buoys you to finally getting that ranked opponent that you've been wanting, that guy who you think you've deserved as a ranked opponent. What was it like when the UFC called and said, hey, we, we've got a ranked opponent, Neil Magny, a guy who's been in the rankings for seemingly ever. What were your reactions to that finally?
2: Man, I'm so excited. Um, I originally asked for, I think, 15, 14, and 13. I think I said Ponzinibbio, Jeff Neal, King um, I wanted those guys, you know, maybe something on the outside of the 15, so they, they'd give it to me, right? Like the edge of the 15, I can't ask for number one, right? It's not realistic. But I, uh, Sean Shelby was really excited that I asked for those guys. I go, you want to fight Jeff Neal and, and uh, Ponzinibbio? But yeah, shit, let's go. So he's like, I really like it. I like where your, where your head's at. And then I got something for you next week, and I was in the bathroom in the morning. Um, yeah, got the text, Neil Magny, number eight, Columbus, Ohio, so, um, ecstatic, man. Um, it's my time, it's my time, it's such a blessing, I kind of skipped the line, I mean, I've been waiting in the back for a long time, but, um, to, to, to get a top 15, top 10 fight, you know, skip top 15, do top 10, oh, man, blessings on blessings, brother, and I'm gonna capitalize, and, Take a spot hand, Whole handily
0: and, and so You know you, you mentioned a couple of times In talking about How you're preparing for him And how you're getting ready That length That real long Neil Magny length That everybody You know It's the first thing Everybody sees about him He's also a guy though Who's got a decent Wrestling background Right Like he, he wrestles a little bit yeah. But also he, he he lives behind that jab Do you expect him To come in And give you Any of that wrestling taste Or do you think He's gonna he try better. to Just stand
2: <laughs> He better Try to wrestle me. Um, yeah I mean his he has 80 inch reach I'm almost 77 so it's not I have a long reach too and a lot of the guys he fights, you know have a shorter reach so he's he's been able to kind of stay back and stay long but I'm not gonna allow him that luxury <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take him out he, he's gonna want to wrestle I'll tell you right now uh, he's gonna have to or it's gonna be a quick night.
0: Well and, and and even then,
2: then it's still gonna be you know, still
0: gonna be a quick night. Well well let's get that official prediction out of the way then. You you said it's gonna be a quick night for Neil Magny. How do you see yeah. him how, how do you see it ending? I have
2: if he if he's evasive as I expect, I probably get to finish um early second round. Maybe first round, maybe first round. Um five minutes is a long round. Uh, I say end of the first round, um, second round later He ah. you know, he he's a great fighter. Much respect to him, I'm a fan of his. Um, been following him for a long time. We were on Ultimate Fighter sixteen together back in the day. Uh, I like the guy. I follow him on, you know, Facebook and stuff and root for him. But business, man. You know, it's business and it's what it is.
0: Absolutely. Now, before I let you go, too, I gotta ask. You know, you you said you're getting a chance to jump the line here. You're getting the number eight welterweight in the world. You're calling your shot, saying you're gonna knock him out in first or early second. What's next for for Max Griffin after this fight? What What are we looking at for for the rest of 2020, man?
2: Man, I want top five. I think uh, Masvidal was number seven, so I'd like to beat him up. Um, take that fight before he retires or anything. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I love that fight. But really, all these guys, man, I've been been waiting to be in the top 10 my whole life, right? So now I'm about to be in it. I want everybody. You can line them all up. But I like that Masvidal fight. I know he wants Conor and, you know, he wants these money fights before he retires. But, um, you know, he's a legend that I'd like to take out as well.
0: Well, we're looking forward to that. And, of course, we're looking forward to this weekend. Once again, fans, this is been Max Griffin, who fights Neil Magny at UFC Columbus this upcoming Saturday. Max, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for working with me. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Max Payne Griffin. I, once again, am Daniel gumby Freeland. joined now by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Fremonti. Dave, I'm just going to start it here. UFC London, an absolutely crazy event Was there one fighter, if I limit you to one fighter, one fighter that you thought stole the show this past weekend? Well,
1: you know, there were a lot of great performances, but I really liked Arnold Allen just because, I mean, the win streak now is for real. Hooker is a nice name. Even though Hooker hasn't had the most impressive last, let's call it two years, he's fighting top-level talent. Hooker is no walk in the park for anyone. I was most impressed with Arnold Allen. How about you? Yeah, I think Arnold Allen is probably my number
0: one because uh, of the level of opponent he took out. But, of course, Tom Aspinall is right there with him. Uh, Tom Aspinall, you know, not only winning against a tough opponent like Alexander Volkov, but the way he did it, you know, the the takedowns. And, and we've talked so much about how heavyweight, with the exception of this weekend's main event, uh, doesn't have a ton of, like, pure grapplers so for Tom Aspinall to, again, not be a pure grappler, but have those submissions and that takedown game in his back pocket, I mean, I think it makes him a really dangerous weapon. So, uh, yeah, like Tom Aspinall showing his well-rounded game once again with another submission, for me,
1: that that's probably my 1A to Arnold Allen. All right, I like it. I accept that answer. Well, you mentioned a good heavyweight performance, and I sure hope we get that again this weekend Let's get into our favorite segment on the show, Gumby, because we got a banger of a main event to talk about that I'm very excited by. So let's do a little Fights, Dogs, Parlays for UFC Fight Night. But before we do, Gumby, one may wonder if anyone sponsors this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays.
0: Absolutely. Fights, Dogs, and Parlays is brought to you by Double Nickels Sports Betting. You can check out Nickels over on Instagram at 55 five, doublenickels 55 five, He's going to send you five picks each and every morning from the world of NBA, NHL, MLB, tennis, and of course MMA. And I'm not lying when I'm telling you, he's hitting five almost every single day. On this past weekend's UFC London card, for all of his subscribers, he had 12 out of 13 of his plays, including 11 money lines and one big old giant parlay. So make sure you check out Nichols, who costs you no more than 10 bucks a day to subscribe and as low as 4 bucks a day. Give him a try and mention our podcast when you do he's going to hit you with that five percent discount don't delay that's at five five double nickels five five on instagram double nickels sports
1: betting boom well i am very excited to get into this fight night uh coming to you from columbus U.S.C. columbus curtis blades is a minus three ten favorite a friend of our show one of our favorite fighters he is a wrestling machine he has just had trouble with francis naganu And he ran into a Derek Lewis KO, so top of the division, kind of keeps him back, fighting an up and comer in Chris Dawkins, who's a plus 245. Now Dawkins, I mentioned that Curtis Blades had trouble with Derek Lewis, so too did Dawkins. Dawkins is coming off a loss to Derek Lewis, uh, and before that he was 4-0 in the UFC, so, you know, Derek Lewis, Kind of the gatekeeper at this point, and he kept the gate, uh, when he fought Chris Dawkins. You know, Docus had wins over Shamil, Derek Ahimov, uh, Alexio Linick, and then ran into Derek Lewis. Curtis Blades, on the other hand, coming off a win over Jeriza Reisenstrike, uh, he had lost to Lewis before that, reeled off a nice, uh, four fight win streak in between the Naganu. And Lewis losses heavy favorite here, Gumby, who you got?
0: Yeah, I think he's deservedly a heavy favorite. You know, no offense to Chris Daukis here. Chris Daukis, a really good puncher, really fast. Like, that knockout power is there. And really the only way that you can beat Curtis Blades is by knocking him out fast. I just don't think he has that, like, freaky power like Derek Lewis or Francis Ngannou does, who are the only people to stop Blades. And to get to Blades before he just massacred them on the mat. I love Dawkins, but I've seen him on the regional circuit get taken down and and struggle a little bit while, you know, working on his jiu-jitsu. His jiu-jitsu is really good, but ultimately jiu-jitsu doesn't really matter when somebody's mauling you like Curtis Blades. He's a big favorite. I think he's deservedly a big favorite. I'm going Curtis Blades.
1: Same here. Huge Curtis Blades fan. I think he's going to be one of these guys that just beats all comers that they throw at him. Other than Francis Ngannou, it feels a little bit like a Colby to Kamara Usman, a Joseph Benavides to Mighty Mouse. I can't pick him against Naganu, but I'm going to pick him against most of the rest of the division. All right, we'll move on then. Alexa Grosso, a minus 200 favorite. To Joanna Wood, a plus 170 dog. Kind of a tale of two recent careers here. Uh, Joanna Wood on a two-fight losing streak. Grosso on a two-fight win streak. Any reason to pick Joanna Wood here, uh, Joanne Wood, or are you sticking with the favorite in Grasso?
0: I'm sticking with the favorite in Grasso, but I will say if you're looking for a reason to take her, I do think there is the outside chance here that she might try to grapple Alexa Grasso. Her her grappling has gotten a lot better as of late, which is surprisingly, because, you know, obviously she she was training in Scotland. She moved uh, to Vegas and now works with her current husband, John Wood, who's a striking coach. But... In turn, her all-around game got better. She's got really great grappling now. I I wouldn't say, you know, like I like her top game or anything like that, but I do like her wrestling a little bit. I like her transitions. Ultimately, I just don't think it's going to be enough, and I don't think she's going to go to it enough to beat Alexa Grasso, who I think is just faster and sharper on the feet. She's going to cut better angles. She's going to throw more volume. I I like Alexa Grasso by decision
1: here. All right, I can't disagree with you at all, uh, so we will move on then. And we have a Dagestani uh, wrestling standout uh, in Askar Askarov at a minus 300 favorite to of France at a plus 230. Kaikara France, exciting fighter, maybe overmatched here, though, just from a pure takedown grappling perspective. Askarov, Askarov 3-0-1 in the UFC. He has a draw. But three wins, nonetheless, who are you taking here? Yeah, I'm going with Askar Askarov.
0: Like, don't get me wrong, I really do love Kaikara France. And I also think he brings something to the table that Askar Askarov hasn't really seen, which is a very fast, clean, powerful striker. Um, Askar Askarov has not faced that kind of guy yet in the UFC. But at the same time, you're right. It's the wrestling of Askar Askarov, which absolutely dominated Joseph Benavidez. And if you can dominate Benavidez there... Your, your stuff's legit. He drew with Brandon Moreno. So he's a guy who I picked to be the champion at the end of the year. So how am I going to pick against him here against Kaikara France? I'm going
1: with, with Askarov. Same Z's. Let's get to our dog of the week. And he's a slight dog, is Alexio Linick at plus 120. But when the man brings as much submission skill to the table, you always have to like the plus money on him. He'll be fighting Alir Latifi, who's come up in weight. Let's
0: hear it. Yeah, I like Alexio Linick. And here's the thing. Iliru Latifi coming up to heavyweight, I seems stupid to me. Also, I don't know how he goes about beating Alexio Linick without tangling with him at some point in time on the ground. And, and kind of like we saw this past weekend with Paul Craig, who was our underdog last week, by the way, Uh, kind of like we saw this past week with Paul Craig, it only takes one mistake to lose a fight with Alexio Linick. He's a guy who subs people insanely fast. Iliru Latifi hasn't scored a knockout. Since 2016, and it was against Sean O'Connell, who now announces for PFL. So with that knowledge in mind, like, is he going to go up a weight class and knock out Alexi Olenek? I don't think so. So I think at some point in time, he's forced to grapple here, and he gets tapped out by Alexi Olenek.
1: Boom. Our parlay to play, Mano Ferio, a minus 320. The aforementioned Alexa Grasso, a minus 200. Take two favorites that we like. Pair them together like peanut butter and jelly, it returns plus 100 odds. So one to one, break it down.
0: Yeah, so first of all, I'm the biggest Manol Firo fan. You know, negative 320 isn't enough. She's like, I think I saw she was ranked 13th in the division right now. She's fighting number four, and she's a negative 320 favorite. That's insane, but that's just how good this woman's striking is. She absolutely is going to blister. Jennifer Maya on the feet. I think she actually probably wins by knockout. Feel free to look for that prop if you want. Uh, and then Alexa Grasso. I mentioned already that I think she's gonna outstrike Joanne Wood. I think there's a lot of promise in that negative 200 line. Getting them together and getting plus money here. The double women's flyweight parlay here. I'm loving it.
1: A <laughs> double women's flyweight parlay. I love it. All right. We hope you enjoyed this edition of fights, dogs, and parlays. Let us know if we did you right. Let us know if we did you dirty at Top Turtle MMA on the Twitter and the Instagram will be live tweeting during the show. Join us, won't ya? Gumby, this train is a rumbling down the tracks. Where do we stop next?
0: We're gonna transition now to my interview with David Onama, who sadly had his fight scratched this past weekend while we were really looking to seeing him fight. We are really enjoying our interview with him. He talks not only about that fight that was going to happen, but he also shares some information about having a shout-out from a famous NFL quarterback We'll get to that interview in just a moment, but before we do, I do need to mention that this interview is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial art, you can use Maroon Social to log your training sessions, tag your training partners, log competitions, weigh in, and so much more. Download Maroon Social, wherever it is you download apps. Maroon Social brings you this interview with David Onama. All right, and joining me today is David Onama, who fights Nate Landwehr at UFC Columbus. That fight is on March 26. So, David, I was actually scrolling around on your Twitter just before we started recording. I noticed you got shout out on your highlight, your most recent knockout highlight, by RG3, football player RG3. Tell me what that feels like, man.
3: Man, it's crazy. Like, actually, my cousin sent me that. Uh, he sent me that yesterday on a, on the text, I'm like he was like, uh, hey bro, RG three gave you a shout out. I'm like, No, he did that. I didn't believe him at all. He's like, Yes he did I'm like RG three? <laughs> like, yeah come back I'm like, you lying to me. And then he like, he took a screenshot, he sent it to me and it was really RG three. I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> so I go on this page and I you know, scroll down, scrolling down, scrolling down and, you know, I, I saw my my name pop up and it was really me. Uh it was my fight on ESP and he shared it. He was like, Man this guy this guy knocked you know knocked the head off this uh this kid you know <laughs> I'm like, dang, he's, he's right what? it's crazy though
0: <laughs> well and and that, and like you know it, we're we're talking about being only you know uh, at this time right now about a couple of weeks removed from that fight your first ever win in the UFC and, and all of a sudden that highlight is not just in RG3's Twitter. That that highlight was on SportsCenter. It was all over ESPN. It was everywhere. What was it like to have, have your highlight like massively all over the internet being shared like that?
3: Man, it was, it was crazy, man. Just getting like love and, you know, support from everybody. Just like, you know, just like the ESPN sharing it on their page and everybody sharing it. And, you know, some people tagging me on it, man, it really means a lot to me, man. Like, You know, I feel like, you know, I'm finally here, man, and everybody kind of really starting to see, you know, who I am now, and my name is finally being out, you know, because from that Mason Jones fight, nobody really knew who I was, but now I feel like everybody's starting to really know who I am and, you know, show me love and everything, man. So it's it's good, man. It's good to have, you know, so.
0: A knockout will certainly do it, especially a knockout like that. (laughs) Now, I want to ask, too, because – we we talked before that fight with Benitez, and and you mentioned that you know obviously your fight with Mason Jones had a crazy short training camp or a non-existent training camp because you were on vacation, you were fresh off of a fight at FAC, all that kind of stuff. You got the full camp for Gabriel Benitez. So tell me, how much different did you feel in the cage in the Benitez fight versus the Mason Jones fight? Uh, with the
3: with the Mason Jones fight and Benitez fight, uh, I felt like. I had more time with uh, with Benitez, it was, you know. I had, you know, I was already training. I, I was in the, I was already training when I got the call. And then with Mr. Jones fight, I didn't really, didn't really have enough time to kind of just do me and study him more. Uh, you know, it felt good getting at least a three, you know, three day, uh, three week notice to fight Benitez because I was already in training anyways when I got the call. So it was, you know, I felt really good. I had I had more more time to. Uh, Study uh, Benitez, and you know, so, I, so, I, so literally all I needed was three weeks to to get to know him and know I, like how he fights and his game and you know all that, and and I you know grew up watching him anyway, so it was really nothing nothing new to me, you know, so it was, it was a really great matchup.
0: Well, and, and you're getting another about 3 weeks to prepare for Nate Landwehr, right? Like now I know hey, it's crazy. They're, they're no they're not giving you a fresh camp anytime. So I got to ask now, were you at least not on vacation when you got the note here? Were you were you ready in in fight camp for a potential, you know, fight like this?
3: Uh I was back. I was back to training. It was like that my first Monday, Monday this Monday was when I got the when I got the call. So today's Wednesday. Today's my third day back back to training and i got the news on uh i got the news on monday got the news on monday and i was already training and today's my third day back so you know like i said it's three weeks that's all i need that's enough time for me to you know study my opponents and you know see what they're good at and see their weakness if they're if they are strikers and uh what's it called nate is more of a striker you know so and i just Looked him up, watched his fight, uh, my head coach James Krause said it was a good matchup for me. He called me and, and from there, man, we took it, uh, signed the bad agreement and from there we just we just waited on Nate, you know, to respond back. And he finally signed it and now the fight is on. So we're gonna see how everything goes.
0: Love it. Now, I, I got to ask, too, because you know, you're know you saying three weeks is all you need. You, you need three weeks to get to know somebody, three weeks to watch their film, and and for the most yeah. part, you've had either three weeks or less for all three of your fights so far in the UFC, but I got to ask, like, do you feel like y- you would be a different fighter with a big, full training camp? Do you Would you rather have the big, full training camp, or is it weight off your shoulders to have these shorter ones that just, you know, get you ready for the guy in a short amount of time? Man, a full
3: camp would be nice, but I'm, like, I'm literally, oh, like, always in the gym training. I feel like I'm in the fight camp anyway. That's why it doesn't really bother me if I get a fight in three weeks or a month because I'm literally always training. You know, like, even after this Benita fight, you know, I'm back to training now. Like, my eyes are all healed up. You know, I don't have want really more bruises. Like, my body feels good. You know, like, I'm I'm good, you know. So, I'm always training. That's If I wasn't training, then it will be a problem for me. But if I feel like I'm in the gym training and trying to, you know, get better and improve myself, then... I don't have, you know, I'm not worried about taking a three, three weeks fights, you know, but you know for sure if you know full uh, full fight camp would be nice, but you know if I'm ready, why not, you know, why not take two or three weeks, you know, so uh-huh. it's, I'm here to fight, man. Whenever I'm ready, I'm ready. That's literally. Is what I'm trying to say. If I'm ready, I'm going to take the fight. If I'm not, I'm still going to take the fight. I'm just going to take the fight. You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that mentality. Now, you know, you, you mentioned in there, Nate Landwary. It's a it's a matchup that you and James both seem to like. He said that, you know, he's a guy who likes to stand and trade. And so far, that's pretty much what we've seen him do in the UFC. And, and I, I got to ask, like, is, is that the thing that you really love about the matchup that you feel like? He's just going to stand and throw bombs with you, and you know that you can land those before he dies.
3: Man, like I said, Nate, man, the guy's tough. He's adorable. He reminds me of Mason Jones. He's one of those fighters that he's just not going to take away in the first or second round. You know, he's going to stand there. He's going to come at you. He's going to fight back. Like, he's just tough. He's adorable, man. He reminds me so much of uh, Mason Jones, man. Those guys are really – those you know, those fighters are just not just going to take out. You know what I mean? Like you really going to have to just beat them to where they, you know, can't stand no more. That's how this is art, you know. So when they, I'm just going to come out and just do me in the first round. If I take him out the first round, you know, I take him out. But I feel like second round is I'm going to, I'm going to finish in the second round. You know, so you know, I'm not second round. I I, I don't think he's going to last. First round he's going to last. You know, obviously everybody's fresh the first round. Not, like all fighters are always fresh the first round and then second round is where you get to see where if they can still keep like maintain that same uh, same energy they have in the first round. But I think uh, Nate is going to fall in the second round. So, that's my that's my prediction.
0: Well, you heard the prediction here first folks that of course was David O'Nama who fights Nate Landwehr at UFC Columbus. That fight is on March 26th. David, thanks so much for the time man. I really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, brother. It was
0: good to, uh have me. Uh, thank you for having me out here again. Thank you. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We could not do what we do without you guys. We also want to thank our sponsors, from Maroon Social, Better Than Vegas, and, of course, Double Nickel Sports Betting. As a reminder, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram, at Top Turtle MMA in both of those locations. And until next week, I'm Daniel Gubby Freeland. He is Shockwave Dave Tremonte. We'll catch you then.